Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Sprinkler Nerd Show. This is episode number 30. I'm your host, Andy Humphrey, and this one's going to be short. I wanted to do something a little bit different. I wanted to give you guys an update on some of the things I've been working on, some of the unique technology that we've been using to engineer some pretty cool systems on the baseline side of my business, as well as a story and conversation I had with a listener. So stick around and we'll get right into the show. If you are an irrigation professional, old or new, who designs, installs, or maintains high-end residential, commercial, or municipal properties, and you want to use technology to improve your business, to get a leg up on your competition, even if you're an old-school irrigator from the days of hydraulic systems, this show is for you. All right, so about a week ago, I was uh, reached out to on LinkedIn, and what I'm going to actually do is keep these names confidential for this. So for the sake of confidentiality, I was reached out to by a guy named Bob, and Bob with a friend and potential future partner, Noah. Again, I'm using the, the name Noah for confidentiality purposes. Bob reached out to me on LinkedIn because he'd been consuming a lot of the episodes, uh, listening to a lot of the content that uh, we've been producing, and he's looking to buy an irrigation business. He will be brand new to the industry. He's looking to get out of his day job and invest in a business that he can work in and run. And so he came across a sprinkler business And I wanted to share a little bit about this conversation because number one, it's pretty awesome. Bob, I appreciate you reaching out to me. And I thought the conversation was great and I look forward to keeping in touch. And even maybe if you're comfortable with it, sharing some of your story, if you are able to acquire this business and maybe we can follow your journey a little bit through acquiring it, um, managing it and some of the things that you'll be successful with and maybe some of the things that were more difficult than you thought. So in any case, Bob and Noah reached out to me about this business, and they were particularly interested because it had a high uh, or a lot of reoccurring revenue. So in the sprinkler business, if I'm not mistaken, it was 70% service work, roughly 30% residential installation, and they had over 1,000 customers. The business was, I think, about 20 years old, and all of the numbers seemed to make sense in terms of the profitability to revenue and uh, for these guys securing a loan to acquire the business and the amount of down payment that they would need to put down to acquire this business and the amount of time that it would take to pay off. And a couple of things that I thought or potential ways where they could get their money back quickly would be to look at the services being provided to the customers. So let's say they have 2,000 customers. What exactly are these customers paying for? Is it mostly startup and winterization? What percent of the business is repairs, add-ons, replacements? To really look for what's the current average customer value, and then how can they take the average customer value? Again, let's pick a number. Let's just say it's $100. Or no, that would not be accurate. Let's say it's $200 per customer. How do they go from having an average value of $200 to $250? What can they do to provide more value, more services, more upgrades, more add-ons, things like adding rain sensors, retrofitting smart controllers, 
adding and, and uh, modifying zones to improve the distribution uniformity and really improve and enhance the sprinkler systems so that when they acquire this business, they can put into their plans some strategic opportunities that they can go execute on to try to get a quicker return on investment. One of the things that I saw when speaking with Bob and Noah was that the current business was not doing any landscape lighting. And so without knowing the types of clients that this business um, has, I recommended that they pick 10 random addresses from the company and, and drive by the house. Take a look at these homes. What's the size of the home? How well-maintained are these landscapes? What kind of cars do these homeowners drive? What is the neighborhood like so that they can get an idea for that opportunity to increase that customer value? In other words, are these customers already maxed out? They're not the type of customers that are going to spend anymore. Or perhaps when they do this drive-by, they look at these homes and they think, oh shit, we've got, this is a gold mine. Look at these neighborhoods, look at the cars, look at the how well-maintained these landscapes are. I think we can add a lot of service here. So that was a <clears throat> fun story. We had, we had a conversation earlier in the week on Zoom. Bob and Noah, it was awesome to meet you guys. And if you're listening to this, um, I appreciate you reaching out and I learned <clears throat> a lot as well and look forward to keeping in touch. And if anybody else is listening to this and you'd like to schedule time uh, to ask me a question or get some advice or just chit chat, feel free to hit me up on LinkedIn or just send me an email, andy at sprinklernerd.com. So let's see, on the baseline side of my business, we've been doing some really cool what we might call control system engineering. So one of the things that separates or the main thing, I guess, in my opinion, that separates a baseline control system from a hunter system or a rainbird system or a Toro or a weathermatic or a Rachio is that the scale that we're able to engineer systems for and the flexibility of the product line and the amount of different devices that can collect data that we can use to make these management decisions and solve these site problems is, is pretty awesome. Because we're able to provide all this value, baseline components are more expensive in the market than competitive products. And so for us to be able to find the sweet spot and how, to, how can we provide the most value with the baseline product line, it's typically really large systems or retrofitting complicated systems that were not put in correctly in solving site issues. What, we're, what I'm seeing more often now is this use for secondary water sources. So I believe I've already published some episodes on using secondary water sources with some of our baseline Tech Talk Tuesdays, but I wanted to just review a project that I worked on this week, which is in New York. It's a high-end residential home in the suburbs of New York City. So you can imagine the, the scale and type of homeowner that this is. They are pumping water out of a lake. So down at the lake house, there is an existing proceed controller with three or four zones, and those zones pull off of the lake. The lake pump also feeds a storage tank up at the main house, and the main house is across the road and up a hill a little bit, so they don't have enough uh, pressure 
uh, and it didn't make sense to, to put in a pump to size all the way up this hill. So they pump the water up and it fills a storage tank. And then the main irrigation system then pumps out of the storage tank. And the way it's set up right now is they have an irrigation controller that pumps out of the tank. And then they have another controller down at the lake house that fills the tank and runs zones. And those two systems aren't talking to each other and they don't have any level sensors in this tank. So what we, what are, what we plan to do is use the lake to fill the tank as it's designed currently. And then the existing controller will pull out of the tank as it's designed currently. However, we are going to automate the fill process of this tank using a baseline 3200 controller and a submersible pressure transducer. So the goal is to try to keep this tank full because the irrigation system uses more water than can be replenished into the tank. And so the way we're gonna set this up is we're gonna put a submersible pressure transducer in the tank. The transducer is gonna be connected to a special decoder that Baseline calls a pressure bicoder. It's a part number 5406 for you nerds out there. And that decoder can read any four to 20 milliamp pressure transducer. So this submersible pressure transducer is going to go in the tank. We're going to connect it to the controller, and then we're going to configure the four to 20 milliamp uh, outputs to read a pressure scale of zero to 100 PSI. Again, zero to 100 PSI. And the reason for this is we're not looking for actual PSI. We're going to use these numbers to represent a percentage full so that if this pressure transducer reads 80 PSI, we know the tank is 80% full. Or if it reads 25 PSI, we'll know the tank is 25% full. We will then use the uh, percentage full as a start condition on a program. So the client, or in this case, the contractor, will decide how far down is he comfortable drawing that tank down before we replenish it. So let's say in this case, it's going to be 75% uh, full. As soon as the water in the tank drops to 75% full, we are going to turn on the lake pump, which is a program. So we're going to use that pressure transducer to start a program, which is considered the tank fill program. The tank fill program is going to start filling the tank. And then as soon as the tank level rises back up to a predetermined value, let's say 95% full, then that will be set as a stop condition and the lake pump will stop filling the tank. The beauty of this is that the irrigation zones, which would be different programs, can run concurrently with the lake pump. So the irrigation system can run based on time, day, moisture, it, it doesn't matter. They can run the irrigation system whenever they want to. And the fill process this is going to happen reactively. So as that irrigation system starts to draw water out of the tank to uh, irrigate the landscape, again, as soon as it hits 75% depleted, the lake pump is going to turn on and start filling the tank back up until it either turns off or it keeps drawing down if the irrigation system is running uh, at full capacity. So there's some really unique applications uh, for you guys to think about with your clients. You know, think about that top five to 10% of your clients, the ones that would require engineering 
um, type services for things like this. It could be that they're just pulling out of a lake and they have a city supply or they're pulling out of a lake and they have a well, or maybe they're pulling out of a rainwater tank and they want to have a city backup. You can use these um, sensing devices, pressure sensors and flow sensors to manage these different water sources. And so the baseline 3200 control system, which all of these devices are, are built to operate with, can have eight, all right? So that means eight flow sensors, eight pressure transducers, eight master valves, and they can either run independently or they can run together. So there's so much that you can do with these devices. The next layer that we are adding to this site, so again, this is a really big site, and there's no possible way for us to run wires from the lake, under the road, up the hill, into the tank, over to the irrigation controller. It's just, it's not possible. So all of this has to be a wireless solution. So there's three wireless devices that we're going to put on this project. The first, which is the most obvious, is the irrigation controller, the 3200 controller. We're going to connect that controller to the baseline cloud. So we're going to pipe that communication up. Uh, with Wi-Fi, we're going to connect it to the base manager cloud application. Then down at the lake house, we're going to put what is called a substation. And a substation takes commands from the controller. So it doesn't have any uh, onboard brains to run programs. It acts as a remote, a wireless remote control device from the controller. So this substation is going to have 12 existing zones on it, again, to manage, I think there's nine uh, valves down at the at the lake. And the substation will also, like the controller, be connected to Wi-Fi and piped up to the baseline cloud, connected to the cloud. And then the third wireless device is again another substation, but this substation is not going to be used to turn zones on and off. It's just going to be used to connect a flow sensor, a pressure bicoder, and a pump start relay to manage the storage tank. So the three devices that are going in that tank, again, there's one is the submersible pressure transducer. The second is the pump start relay to turn the pump on. And the third is a flow sensor so we can manage and monitor the water coming out of the tank. So that substation is gonna be located there at the tank and it will also be connected, <clears throat> connected to the baseline cloud. However, in this case, the storage tank is not in a location that has Wi-Fi. So we're going to use a cellular communication device to connect this substation up to the cloud. So at this point, we have three uh, control boxes, if you will. One controller, two substations located at three different positions around this project. And we're going to connect all three of them up to the baseline cloud. And at that point, it becomes one master irrigation system which is pretty amazing when you think about it. We can take this ginormous residential site with stuff everywhere coming out of the pond or coming out of the lake into the tank, going out to the irrigation system, and we can put three new remote control devices, connect them all up in the cloud, and then operate it through one managed irrigation system. So again, seeing a lot of these types of applications. So keeping in mind, I'm always a big proponent of differentiating yourself from your competitors, using technology to improve your business. And the technology that existed five years ago, uh, we could not do this. This technology did not exist five years ago. It is literally 18 months old. 
And so I really want you guys to be thinking about how to focus in on some of these, you could use the word high end, but just difficult properties that you can't just hire your everyday sprinkler service company to come work on, you know, look at these systems as engineered irrigation systems where you are also providing consulting value. And I'd be happy to help you and, and maybe work on the back end to provide some, some value and service for your clients. So that's a little bit about what's been going on the last week. Again, just to recap, awesome conversation with Bob and Noah about acquiring a sprinkler business. And I hope, guys, you can come back on the show and discuss it. Uh, and even if it doesn't go through, maybe we can discuss some of the things you went through when you were scoping out uh, the acquisition. And then working on engineered control systems. Pretty awesome, the solutions that are out there today. And so I think, uh, I think that's going to wrap this episode up. I appreciate everybody listening. Uh, join us in the Facebook community. If you'd like to hit me up on LinkedIn, would love to communicate with you and go out there, be safe, be smart, work hard, and we'll catch you on the next episode.